This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. You get pregnant and all of a sudden society throws you every myth, old wives tale, unwanted opinion and judgment that you can imagine. Someone who knows this very well is this week's guest, who I'm very excited to chat to because I genuinely love scrolling her Instagram account knowing that she will make me laugh. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Felicity Rosina, who is a personal trainer specializing in pre and postnatal training, currently pregnant as we record, but when you listen, she will have a little one in her arms. And she is all about empowering women and educating them on how they can still train and feel fit and strong during their pregnancy, which Rosina is kind of ironic given we're discussing all of the myths and judgments. And I know that your um, Instagram account and ethos is very much empowering women. And yet some of the messages that you receive are somewhat less than empowering. Yeah, I mean, hello, starts. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome. (laughs) We've actually managed to pull this together, lastminute.com. So well done us for being here. As in like within 12 hours. Oh yeah. We've done a good job. (laughs) We've done a good job. That's what women are capable of, you see. Literally. I just think, yeah, I think it's so good to talk about this kind of stuff because there's so many things that I think people like say, but they like laugh about it. And I'm like, no, that's literally what we deal with every day Yeah, at this point. So. Yeah, every day. And someone like you. So for, for those of you that don't follow Felicity, she's got a wonderful Instagram account, which is linked in the episode description. And you've really wonderfully shared your journey through pregnancy, which is a brave thing to do for someone who has got a following online because everyone decides that they can share their opinion on that and what you may or may not be doing. Yeah, I mean, at first I was a bit skeptical about sharing it. Like we waited, I think I was like, I think I must've only been 13, 14 weeks when we announced, but only because it was getting kind of obvious and I post a lot of workout videos and if I started wearing a t-shirt, people were being like, why have, why have you got a t-shirt on? Like, yeah. and that's not, that's not cause I like to train with no clothes on, but like if I'm showing someone form of an exercise, it's important so they can see your whole body moving and stuff. So it got to the point where I was like, it's really difficult for me to show up here every day and make content without telling people. So in the end I was like, let's just bite the bullet. Let's just tell people. And then I'll kind of go from there about how much I want to share and how much I feel comfortable sharing. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm sharing probably less than I would have done, but I feel like people think I'm sharing loads because I'm still sharing more than other people. Mm. Um, and I kind of tried to make a point about making everything I was sharing like positive, not because everything was positive, but because people don't come to my page for to like, I think people come to my page to like be cheered up and like have a laugh rather than coming to hear the bad bits and when I do share the bad bits I feel like I get more negative stuff thrown at me for sharing the bad bits and I'm like you just can't win oh my goodness that's really interesting isn't it yeah you're so right you just can't win 
it's like you you show the good things and and especially because you come from a place of fitness so yeah. like your main motivation is sharing what women can be doing in pregnancy so it's really great to see that and you doing that and role modeling that so the fact that people then pass judgment i find really interesting tell yeah. tell me what you've heard so i would just love to hear i'm sure you've got some interesting stories i think probably that when i was I just see the question boxes because I'm like if that's gonna if that's what people want to know I'd rather just answer the questions people are interested in rather than just yeah waffling anything and I think when we first announced loads of the questions were why have you still been training you've still been out walking that's really bad for you and in my head I was like I actually haven't for the first 12 weeks I wasn't really sick but I had a lot of nausea so I couldn't I also didn't have the energy to go out for me and my friend just to go out for like two hour walks every morning and I was like I just can't do that anymore but I'd still been doing Instagram stories as if I'd been out and about because I didn't want also people to clock on that I wasn't doing those things. So I think it also showed how easy it is to kind of make people think you're doing something sometimes when you're not to try and cover things up, which I think now as I'm now getting closer to going into labor, I'm like, I I have to keep storying something or everyone's inboxing me going, is everything okay? And I'm like, please go away. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not going to forget to tell you <laughs> when the baby's here. I promise. Like, I'm not, uh, it's going to be obvious when I disappear for like a week, like relax. Yeah. Um, but I think in those first, those first few weeks, I was so conscious about people picking up on what was going on. I was then more probably sketchy about what I was sharing. So when we did announce and people were just having a go at me, like you shouldn't have been walking. You shouldn't have been going to the gym and this, this, and this. I was like, actually, <laughs> I probably trained three or four times in the first, the first 12 weeks. I think I did two F45 classes because I was doing it as part of an ad. And in those classes, I literally was like, I'm going to die. Like I feel horrible, but because no one knew I was just like going along doing kind of going through the motions rather than like participating properly. Yeah. Um, And even then I had some people that had scrolled back on my page and kind of were trying to work out the dates and they inboxed me going, oh, you shouldn't have done this class and this, this, and this. And I'm like, but it's my job. So I can actually adapt exercises if I'm going to a class without telling anyone why I'm adapting them. Yeah, totally. And I think as well, it raises that bigger cloud that sometimes hangs over exercise in pregnancy, which I know is probably also a huge frustration of yours as it is mine, because actually we should not be telling women anymore that once they're pregnant, they need to put their feet up and rest. That's not what we should be doing in pregnancy. If you have never exercised in your life before and you feel pregnant, you can absolutely, and you should start exercising. It's a brilliant time to start optimizing your health and wellbeing. Of course, you're gonna do that very differently to someone who's used to exercising five times a week, but you absolutely can start and you should start because the benefits are humongous. Um, And I know lots of people, and I'm sure this is probably where a lot of the, the DMs and the keyboard worrying that you received when you announced your pregnancy online, a lot of people are really hung up still on exercise causing miscarriage in that first trimester. And the fact is it doesn't, we know it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and we really need to like bash it out the way because it definitely holds lots of women back in that first trimester, I think. Yeah, and I think I was trying to say like, you can do less, like absolutely, if you don't feel well, like you can do less and you can make adaptions, but it's very like what you just said, varying on the person. Like if you've gone from training, like I used to go to the gym six hours a week, I'd play tennis for five hours, I'd go for like 25,000 steps a day. Like that was a lot and I couldn't maintain that. But what I could do is cut it down. So it's more like you're teaching people how to do that, but also being like, you can do that and nothing bad happened to me in that stretch of the first 12 weeks because I still did it. I just did a lot less. But I think part of the, when I first went to the doctors, when I had like my booking appointment, they were like, oh, you look like you exercise. You should probably stop doing that. And I was like, oh gosh, red flag. I was like, "Mm, no, it's okay. Like it makes me feel good. Like it's my job, like it's fine. And I also said to the doctor at the time, I was like, if I can adapt stuff, I'm going to do it. But I know how to be careful, which is what I try and teach my clients and other people on the internet is like, you're actually better off doing that than sitting on your bum at home because you're going to feel terrible. You're going <laughs> to you feel terrible. Feel yeah. Bad. Like go outside and even getting some fresh air for like a half an hour walk will make you feel so much better, especially in those early weeks when you're feeling sick. I was like, I know I'm going to feel awful, but I just need to go outside. And then every time I'd been out, I was like, okay, I feel good now. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's 
listening to our bodies. Our bodies aren't stupid. They're growing another human life. They're going to tell us when things aren't great. I um, When we found out I was pregnant with Finley, so gosh, this is like 19 months ago now, which feels <laughs> crazy because it feels like yesterday. I was peak marathon training and I had three races lined up and I was like, right, you know, like going to win these races. I felt the fittest, strongest I ever had. Then found out I was pregnant and I was like, well, that's fine. I'll still race them. I just won't push my times. Well, my first trimester was disgusting. Spent <laughs> most of my time over a toilet and didn't run at all. Um, so that was me reducing it. But then second trimester felt great, got back into doing quite a bit of running. And I think that's the thing, is it? What feels good one day might actually feel okay the next day in pregnancy. It's such a, your body's changing so much every day that that often we think, right, that's the last day I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z because it didn't feel good today. But actually try it tomorrow because tomorrow might be different. Yeah. And the amount of times I went to the gym and like I had, I'd written myself a program. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And the amount of times I've done like two or three exercises and just had to take myself home. And for the first few times I did it, I was so disappointed in myself because I was like, come on, you know, you're better than that. And then actually I got home and I was like, if I'd have pushed myself to finish the workout, I was going to get that like horrible hangover feeling for the next mm-hmm. week rather than going home, chilling out, having some food, going going for a nap, going to bed, and then trying again the next day or maybe having a rest and then going the day after. Like I didn't ever, I stopped training at 36 weeks. Yeah, 36 weeks because I was just like, I have to walk to the gym, which is like half an hour each way. Oh, that's, done, that's your exercise done, isn't it? Exactly. By the time <laughs> I'd done the walk, I was getting to the gym and I was like, I'm really tired. There's no car park nearby and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, actually... I've done myself a solid by training up to 36 weeks. I'm still walking every day, Mm. which is still a form of training. It's just not as much as I was doing. And I think there was a lot of people that were like, oh, well, I'm still training. I'm 38 weeks. Like I'm still training. Is that bad? And I'm like, no, it's individual. Like I've made that decision for myself, which I think is really important as well when it comes to things like people that I didn't run at all because I just didn't like the feeling of as I was getting heavier, like the feeling of the bump moving. I made me feel a bit weird. Like Mm. I haven't enjoyed swimming. I've tried it didn't like it but there's people that would prefer doing those two things over going to the gym which is again everything in pregnancy is so individual I think people just forget that they see like oh well she's going to the gym so I need to go to the gym Mm -hmm. it's like well you don't no you could do 20 minutes at home like with your body weight you don't need any equipment a peloton something like that like as long as you're not even raising your heart rate just like moving and getting some endorphins I think Mm. it's also uh, I might be wrong in saying this but like healthier for the baby if you're moving around and like not just sitting still and shoving food in your face oh my gosh I mean I did do a lot of shoving food in my face I did move (laughs) as well but yeah movement's so important so there are links between physical exercise and pregnancy and improving pregnancy outcomes so reducing the risk of complications like diabetes high blood pressure and also reducing the incidence of complications during birth and unsurprisingly improving our recovery afterwards because you are carrying around an ever-growing weight you are lifting up like car seats with one hand you're essentially doing loads of typical gym movements just in everyday motherhood with a growing weight every single time and so actually being physically strong is so important and then there's the whole like psychological benefits that come with it of course and But Felicity, tell me more about some of these DMs you've had, because I know they're just going to make us laugh, but actually also cringe. And some of them are probably quite dangerous advice if you weren't someone who was like, get out my DMs, get a life um, and took it on board. Actually, there's some dangerous stuff going going around the Internet as well, I think. Okay, I've made a list, so I'm just going to read that. They're not most of them aren't to do with fitness, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. The first one I ever had, because when we announced it was like eight. April so it was kind of getting warm and someone inboxed me and just said stop sunbathing your baby will be like a boil in a bag rice stuck in there oh I was like sorry so actually that one I replied and I was like I actually think you're wrong just so you know like I can regulate my own body temperature but please go away (laughs) but I also had it when we went on holiday where people were actually staring at me for sunbathing on a beach pregnant and I was like Wow. Interesting, isn't it? I do love that suddenly people feel because you're pregnant, they can comment about your body and your actions very vocally because you're pregnant. They can talk about that and they can tell you what's best for your baby. Or my favorite ones at the moment are, it must be a girl because you've said you're thirsty or it must be a boy because you're eating bread or you must have twins in there because of the size of you or your bump's really round. So it's a boy. And I'm like, 
we found out the gender really early on. Like I've, I've known what it's been for a long time. So yeah. <laughs> tell me if you think it's a girl and all the reasons why. And I'm sitting there like, well, you're actually wrong. Cause it's a yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it? I love it. I properly love it. All of the, like, I just imagine people just staring at your bum, like literally oh. like, Oh, what is it like? What, what's happening today? Or oh, we've got to look at look at her bump today. The internet is such a strange place. It's so strange. Or like they're probably googling things like, how can I tell if it's a boy? Or she's yeah. told me I put on my story once I'd eaten loads of coleslaw, and someone was like, oh, well, it must be a boy if you're eating coleslaw. And I was like, okay, thank you for your sound <laughs> advice. Oh, the on old wives' tales. Honestly, the old wives' tales are ridiculous aren't they they're so ridiculous at the end of the day it's a 50 50 chance <laughs> like it's gonna be one or the other like it is gonna be also, one or the other why do, why do people care so much like yeah I, as long I was like as long as it's healthy I don't care what it comes <laughs> out with like it's yeah fine. it's funny is it that was one of my husband's pet peeves it didn't really bother me but he what really irritated with people guessing it really annoyed him because he was like why why do you why yeah. do you care you know why does it matter to you whether it's a boy or a girl and um, that was one of his pet heaves actually which I didn't really bother me we knew we were having a boy like like you but um yeah that that irritated him the constant guessing and like everyone's focus was like is it a boy or a girl and you're like yeah. it's a healthy thriving baby I don't but then sometimes I'm like if I just said I don't know what it is then people would have been like we should find out just in case because you're doing this this and this and it's like oh please yeah stop. yeah um, okay, more my advice next, my next favorite if you wear airpods when you're pregnant your baby will come out deaf brilliant I was brilliant. like uh, <laughs> something that I replied and I was like somewhere a bit confused where you're coming from because the airpods are going in my ears they're like oh yeah it's to do with the radiation I was like mm, okay oh my gosh <laughs> no but worries. isn't it isn't it mad like I think this highlights though like it's obviously ridiculous and hilarious, but I do think it highlights how dangerous the internet is because someone has found that fact somewhere through probably Googling, trying yeah. to, you know, with the best intentions of finding some health advice for their baby, but that's how dangerous the internet is. So to anyone who is Google searching advice for pregnancy, babies, their health and well-being, please don't rely on Dr. Google because that is the sort of rabbit warren that you get that you get down. Yeah. And as well, I think when things like that, it's like you found it somewhere and who else have you told that to? Yeah. Like I can read it and be like, all right, that's a lot of rubbish. But there's a lot of people that will read that and be like, I can never wear, I can never wear a clothes. Like someone, there was another one that said, um, you need to stop wearing tight clothes because the baby needs room to move around. And I was like, my skin is the tightest (laughs) thing at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so interesting, isn't it? So, and it, but it does worry me as a midwife. I'm thinking there's, there's women out there that are then going to see that, you know, like if you share that, they're going to see that and think, oh my goodness, I wore tight leggings in my first trimester. I must have damaged my baby. And then you end up in this whole like crazy anxiety cycle because you think you've done something harmlessly that might have damaged your baby that it obviously absolutely has not. Yeah. Um, but it sets up in this spiral of anxiety that we don't need any extra of in pregnancy. Especially as like things like that is use a bit of common sense before you say it, like wearing yeah. tight clothes is going to make absolutely no difference because you've already got however many layers of and a uterus, six layers of whatever <laughs> it is underneath. And then you've got your skin, but also if you're wearing tight clothes, if you look at maternity ranges of clothing, most of it is tight because it yeah. actually feels nicer to have because it's comfy maybe not when you get further along like now kind of tight clothes make me feel a bit like agitated but in like the middle stages it's comfier to wear tight things because you just feel a bit more supported yeah so even someone saying that they might have gone to their friend and been like oh you shouldn't be wearing leggings because you shouldn't wear tight clothes because it will hurt your baby and they've been like oh okay and they've just dressed in a tent the whole time just in case yeah and then they haven't felt proud and been able to show off their beautiful bump and pregnant body which I mean pregnant bodies are just beautiful and actually we should be able to show them off in the the tightest fitting clothing if we want to um but yeah again it it causes that judgment and that fear from an absolute myth an absolute myth um fire away keep going um stop putting your arms above your head the baby won't like it Oh, see, this is interesting, isn't it? Because when I speak to women, I am so encouraging of overhead movements in pregnancy. And I think this is a really deep rooted myth because even in like the workplace currently, if a woman's pregnant, you'll often hear, um, 
oh, don't lift, don't put that up there. Don't reach up there because you're pregnant. Let me do it for you. Like there is this fear around reaching on to like a, a higher shelf or a higher cupboard in pregnancy. And I think if we walked around in pregnancy with our arms by our sides, and then we had our babies and we had to put the shopping away on the top cupboards, you know, reach up to get a cup of tea or get a mug. And we had not done that movement at all in pregnancy. And then we try and do it with a baby in one arm. All we're going to do is end up with chronic back and shoulder injuries. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. Now, there is going to be times when you do an overhead movement and perhaps it's uncomfortable. Scale it back, stop, adjust. But by and large, reaching up in pregnancy, lifting a weight overhead in pregnancy, if it's comfortable, is absolutely fine. And also, it's not like on day to day, you're just wandering around carrying weights above your head. Like I would say when people say, what's the basics for not doing in training? I'm like, well, one of them is pushing weight over your head, standing up, but only because of your, it obviously affects your balance. So if you're using a barbell and doing an overhead press, I'm like, you can do that, but you need to sit down. Yeah. And like, even then, I think giving blanket advice on fitness on the internet is very difficult anyway, because I'm yeah. like, well, what works for me might not work for you. Yeah. How do you feel doing that movement? You know, if exactly. you fine, crack on. And like, if it's a client, I can directly ask them. But if yeah. it's just someone that's copying a workout, it's very different. But mm. I found actually sitting down, pushing overhead was way easier than trying. I did try and do it standing up a couple of times just to see how it felt. But there's people that are like, you shouldn't lift your arms above your head at all. I'm like, well okay but then how am I gonna reach up and hold like grab the shower if I'm in the shower yeah. or, like how am I gonna reach something from the shelf like all of our cut uh, all of our plates is really high up so I'm like well I can't move my whole kitchen around <laughs> can you not did you around? not do that shocking well, I mean I can't believe you didn't do that <laughs> absolutely raging I really should have done um, <laughs> Uh, when I was talking about perineum massage, someone said, I gave birth to a 10 pound baby with no stitches and I had no tears. I never massaged my perineum. It's a myth. You're just wasting your time. I was oh. like, okay. Thank well, you. I mean, that's entirely my fault because I'm sure I've probably told you to do perineal massage. <laughs> um, so guilty as charged. However, there is substantial evidence, uh, Cochrane review, randomized control trials that, um, that's my midwife geek head, um, but suggesting that the absolute opposite. Perineal massage does reduce your risk of tearing. Severity of tearing improves the recovery. Um, but so wouldn't you rather try? Like, it's some of these things. Like, I'd rather try it. It's like the raspberry tea. Like, if it doesn't work for me, then I've still given it a go. You've hydrated so, yourself well, haven't you? Worst exactly, case. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know, worst case, I've had a nice drink. You've had a drink. But I'd rather, all those things, I'd rather have it and it not work or not need it than of not giving it a go at all and then sat there and been like well I could have tried and I just I didn't wonder if it. yeah yeah give it um, a go give it a go. if it doesn't that, harm give it a bash that leads this this is on to a good one um <laughs> I did a I did a baby first aid course and someone said you shouldn't have done baby first aid because you'll never need it you should take them straight to A&E oh so gosh I, I replied and I said okay but if my child is choking at home I would rather sort it out at home than waiting for an ambulance to come. And then I gave the example, I used to work in hospital and I had to give a man CPR. And I was like, if I didn't know how to do that, that man would have died. So yeah. would I rather have the knowledge and never use it? Like, would I rather have done the perineal massage and it not make a difference than not have the knowledge and not use it at all? Mm. Like if, if baby first aid took an hour. Like, and it, it could save it, it. And whether that's your child's life or that you're sat in a cafe next week and another child chokes and actually you've got the skills to help them well exactly but that's again the thing of people being like well you should leave it to the medical experts I'm like yes you absolutely should unless it's a life or death situation yeah. you don't have a choice because even if you're walking down the street and you see someone that's had a heart attack and there's a defib machine and you know how to use it it's the knowledge of knowing how to use it that can help someone you mm. might never I might never ever I mean I hope I never have to use it of course but, yeah it's the same as anything I'd, you'd rather have the knowledge and never need it than not have it and then be standing there panicking being like oh, I should have done that first aid course 100% oh my gosh I think and I think parenthood's a really weird one because I feel like it's such an important job and yet there's no like qualification like there're no course to do is there like you suddenly are like oh I'm, I'm responsible for this human <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it's slightly terrifying and I think doing things like you know a baby first aid course should be like a must like it really should be a must because like you say so important really simple key things that could save a life so the fact that someone there's another good old myth out there or or like judging you for wanting to be empowered with that information. I think, again, it, it leads us to that dangerous place in the internet. <laughs> A quick pause. 
As you are hearing that Felicity and I are clearly both very passionate around exercise in pregnancy. And I have a firm ethos that you should be able to be pregnant and powerful. The benefits of exercising in pregnancy for both mum and baby are proven in multiple studies, from shortening your time in labor to enhancing your baby's brain development. It's incredible. To learn more facts around this topic and to get motivated to embrace exercise in pregnancy, head over to www.aptoclub.co.uk forward slash midwife pip. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I, it's quite funny. Like I just read them and laugh now, but that's a lot. Um, okay, the, the ones from this. So I then said, or I then put a reel up and was like, when you're full term, blah, blah, blah which then led to a whole different load of DMs from people not giving me advice, but like ones that were then trying to assume that how they were going to know when I was going into labor. <laughs> so the other day I did a story and was, I just had a great nap and someone went, you'll be in labor soon because you just had the nap. And I was like, okay, but I've been napping the whole time. So <laughs> just a bit confused. Um, not. Then I had another one that said, your face has changed today, which means the baby is imminent. You know, when you're like, all I did was draw on my eyebrows today. I <laughs> put some makeup on, like, all right, thank you. Um, and there's a lot of the like, all first babies are late. So I don't know why you're getting excited that he's coming soon. And I'm like, okay, again. Oh, thanks for just, yeah. Yeah, thanks for dampening my excitement. And also because I know a lot of people that have had their first babies and they've been early. Like it's going to come when it's going to come. You don't need to. I mean, your family's got a bit of an early labor history, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, come on, mate, where are you? Yeah, for you, Um, this is like a very long time. But that's really unhelpful, isn't it? Because I think as women, we get to our due date and even with the best intentions in the world, you do feel that little bit of pressure. Like, come on, why is the baby not here? Um, I was very patient until my due date. And then even as a midwife, with the knowledge that I have on my due date, I was like, uh, anytime now, come on, like, let's do this. <laughs> and whether part of that is that pressure, because there's a lot of fear mongering out there about induction of labor and everyone really, really wants to avoid that. So we kind of put this like ticking time box on ourselves in a way. So then comments about due dates and is your baby here yet? You know, mess like even from well-meaning friends and family texting you, oh, any signs is the baby here as labor started? adds to that like pressure and that intensity that your baby should be here I've started doing that if my friends ask me now they're like some people will try and have a conversation with you without directly asking and I'm like that's almost worse than you just inbox me being like any sign but the people that have said any sign of the baby I'm like you will find out on Instagram like everyone else if you carry on asking me because it's just it's just too much and part of me wishes that we'd never told people the due date Mm. because then people but then I was like I can't really share up to that point then people are going to be like she's she's getting really big now like she's becoming a long time (laughs) it's I always said that we would push our due date back two weeks we would always tell tell everyone it was like two weeks later than it was um but then we didn't because because actually it's also quite nice to celebrate the date so it's a hard one yeah oh I don't know I'm just like it's just it's just a lot at this point um someone said to me yesterday if you're eating crisp before you go into labor you're going to be extra sick oh you better watch out you better watch out um be careful yeah I mean again makes no sense does it makes no sense I also wasn't really eating them they were Chris's crisps and I just took them for a photo (laughs) that is the uh, the joys of social media um don't believe what you see on Felicity's Instagram but it's the same as like um I've been talking to my friend quite recently about like children's online safety and things like that like I will never post where I am at the time that I'm there not because I'm like a celebrity or whatever I just think it's more I feel more safe when I'm like out and about storying if I'm not actually in that place in the park when I'm there just in case you never know um and then I was saying a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, oh, are you going to put your baby on Instagram? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, it kind of depends, but I want to kind of go with the flow and kind of if I don't want to put a camera in a baby's face, but I also don't want to acknowledge that they're not there. Yeah. Um, and there was people that were like, well, you know, if you put your baby on the internet, this is going to happen to them. And I was like, I'm not going to start showing their like school uniform or where they're going to school or what days they're out of the house and this, this, and this, like, 
I think there's such a boundary with social media when you start sharing things that people assume that they're allowed to have an opinion on what you do with your child, which is one of the hardest things of even talking about um, people going, are you going to go back to train afterwards? You shouldn't be encouraging your body to like bounce back. And I hate the words bounce back. I'm like, some people lose the weight straight away you wouldn't even know that uh, my friend had a baby three weeks ago she didn't look like she's even carried a child like she's <laughs> carrying this baby around I'm like I don't know where that came from but I don't think it was you um but then you get the people that really struggle to lose the weight afterwards and maybe they have had an emergency c-section their recovery's not been very easy or just a, it dep- it so varies on the end result of your recovery but then there's people that are like you can't you can't encourage people to bounce back you shouldn't be going back to training so soon I'm like okay, well, give me a chance. Like I've not even done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the child one's really interesting because I think as us, when there's comments to you, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we can laugh them off, but I think when it's your child and it'll be interesting to see how this develops for you, I suppose, with, with being on social media. But I think when people have comments about your child that hits you in a slightly different direction and that mother tiger defense mechanism is very different um so i find that that's always really interesting i think i've managed to avoid that actually i would i'll say that the keyboard <laughs> rows will come out tonight um but yeah that's really really interesting i also hate the bounce back um but i think and i did did some posts about this recently there are a thousand reasons to exercise go to the gym if that's the space that you enjoy doing it in postnatally that have absolutely nothing to do with aesthetics and bouncing back but it's also okay to want to look a certain way. Um, I feel like probably that should never be our number one motivation when we've had a baby because there is such a lot to juggle, but it is also okay to think, actually, I'd like my arms to have that definition again, right? That, that's okay for that to be part of your goal as well. But there are also a thousand other reasons to exercise postnatally. And part of that is recovering your pelvic floor a diastasis, the the movement that we can do and the way we do that through exercise is really powerful. And we can't do that sat on the sofa, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. And I think even when you're training, like not training as in going to the gym, but like if you're going for a walk with the buggy, like it's good for you to get out and get some fresh air, get some endorphins, like get some sunlight. But if you're training after you've given birth, it's also to like get back to feeling like yourself. Because I feel like so much of it, this is from what I've heard from my clients, is you're so consumed in this new life that you have, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. But then they're like, oh, well, I've gone, I've gone back to training. I've gone back to doing one thing a week that I enjoy doing for myself. And I hope, I hope that by the time it gets to like next summer that my summer clothes fit again. So I can wear clothes that I enjoy wearing and still do things that I like doing without just becoming like the whole thing is about being a mum. Because yeah, your life does change, but you're still like yourself as a person, which I think the people on the internet really struggle with because they just think, oh, you've had a baby, so you're this completely new person now. And it's like, actually, I'm the same person just with like a small addition that will slot into my life rather than my whole life just becoming about being a mum. Or there's people that are like, I don't think your content's going to be as fun when you've had a baby. And I'm like, yeah, but (laughs) my personality isn't changing. Like I'm just having a family. Oh, I think it's going to be hilarious when you've had a baby. It's going to be hilarious. I can't wait. It's going to be so funny. I love it. Can't wait. I mean, I've already got so many reels like lined up in my head. (laughs) (laughs) We look forward to seeing them all. Um, I think it is true to say that when you become a mum, I feel like certainly personally, my, I didn't really think my life was going to change when I had a baby, which is slightly hilarious. I know. Um, My whole brain was completely rewired. I'm definitely (laughs) on large. I do feel like a very different person but I still have elements of PIP there. Um, But I think it's inevitable that you go through labor and birth, you have this little human, you can't do that and not change to some extent, but it's important to have that you time. And I know for lots of women, certainly lots of my listeners, a lot of that you time is exercise. So finding a way to do that. I'm lucky in that we have a gym in our house, so I don't have to go out to a gym, which is fantastic because I had a completely bottle refusing baby. So I could never be away from him for long when he was little without him needing to breastfeed. So I've made like a 30 minute rule. So I have 30 minutes a day. Um, And that's my me time to exercise or some days, actually, if I'm unwell or I don't feel like it, 30 minutes of doing something else. But um, that 30 minutes a day, every day, 
is my me time to be me. And that makes you a better person. It makes you, you know, a better wife, a better daughter, a better friend, a better mum, because you haven't got that overwhelm and burnout. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's so many times where their clients will come to me and they're like, I just need some time for myself to feel like myself. (laughs) I'm like, can you commit to 20 minutes a day? Because 20 minutes, you're not going to make massive strength progressions in the gym, but 20 minutes just for yourself will make you a better it will make you better at looking after your child if you've just had that like even if it's 20 minutes to go and have a bath or wash your hair or put some makeup on just to sit there and be like okay this is I'm a different person because I've had a child but I also can just feel like normal I mean I might say something completely different in like six months but like both Chris and I have both said like we both really would like to still just have like half an hour a day where it's just we're on our own if you want to listen to a podcast if you just want to chill if you want to go for a small walk like half an hour for both of us each is very manageable and it's also like to do with your mental health as well like if you're constantly getting all these opinions all the time of even like friends and family just have half an hour on your own it's like no phone nothing (laughs) just chill so important isn't it and I think that's where we need to be better at not judging mums for doing that you know like the, the judgment in pregnancy is huge, as you've alluded to. And it's really important that we, I mean, you're great at laughing it off, which is brilliant. But often there are judgments, whether it's that you're walking your dog, you're at the supermarket and someone makes a comment that actually stays with you. Um, and that can be really hard. I had lots of small bump comments in pregnancy. So rather than like, oh, you're massive, you look huge, your baby's big. I had like, oh, your baby's really small. Your bump's really small. You know, should you be exercising because your baby looks quite small? My baby wasn't small. He was seven, seven pound, um, 13 <laughs> ounces. He was huge, actually. Um, but but lots, I had that kind of opposite, um, yeah. which again was fine. But sometimes I was like, I'm actually done with hearing people's comments about my bump because I quite like it, quite happy with it. I know he's happy and healthy. And I think when we come to motherhood, that judgment just accelerates because yeah. everyone's got an opinion on how your baby should be sleeping, how they should be feeding, where they should be sleeping. Like it's just never end, like never ending judgment. And I think when it comes to exercise, because I know that's something we're both really passionate about. It's really important that we normalize mums exercising. Mums exercising with their babies there is amazing. They are little sponges. For them to see physical activity as part of everyday life is absolutely incredible and so valuable to them. So rather than feeling like when they go down for a nap, you've suddenly got to get everything done and exercise and put the washing on and you know prepare dinner X, Y, and Z. When they're awake, do a little workout with them. Lie them on the floor yeah. and let them watch you. They love it. It's incredible baby sensory and it takes that pressure off. And I just think we need to say to mums, like, that is, that's okay. Like, it's okay to do that. In fact, it's brilliant for your baby's development. Also, ba- like babies, don't, as long as they're not on the move, like what you've got the first, I don't know, four, five, six months. Yeah, my, my baby was really late. Yeah. He was, so he was stationary got, for a while. Got that amount of time, the babies, you can just put them somewhere. You can put them in a bounce. You can put them, they're not going to move. So like you can interact with them with, without needing to feel like, oh, it's different if you can't work out at home, but there's so many workouts you can do at home now that don't, you don't even need any equipment. Like you can do yoga, Pilates, you can do body weight training. You can get a pair of dumbbells to use at home. Like it's not, you have to go to the gym to work out because obviously if you don't have a gym in your house you can't just I mean I wish you could just take like a buggy into just a commercial gym and just put it there but I, know. I mean lots of lots of gyms are do like are okay with that aren't they yeah or they do like awesome. especially in the area of London I live in there's a lot of like mum's fitness classes which yeah. I'm not a fan of group exercise just because I like to have my headphones in and not talk to anyone but <laughs> I have a lot of friends that teach like those mum classes and the mums absolutely love it and they'll go for coffee afterwards and it becomes like a very sociable thing and it's how they've yeah. made friends and met people whereas if you're going to do it at home like you have so much more time I think than probably 
you realize if you have the luxury of having a long maternity leave or you don't work or things like that I think it's different if <coughs> if you're going back to an office and doing like nine till five and your child's a child minded that that's not that's not what I, I'm doing so I can only speak from like personal experience mm. but I'm like if I have an hour he can just sit there and watch or he can have a nap or be on like a, a play mat and do something else like as long as you're in the same room and there is no danger to your child having that time and doing that for you especially for postnatal recovery I think is really really important because even in those first six weeks like you shouldn't really be like weight training but you can still go out for a walk you can still do some nice yoga you can still do some like ab rehab and stuff like that so yeah definitely oh the daily walk was the savior for me I, he would never give me an hour have to confess it was like 10 <laughs> 15 minute intervals uh, but I did mini 10 minutes throughout the day you just make you make it work and it's about being allowing yourself I think as a new mum to do that judgment free and and yeah. I think the more we cheerlead each other through that the better I reckon you should go to one of those mum's fitness classes once your little one's here and see how you find it because I think in your mum head you might enjoy it differently. Yeah, I mean, I probably will go just to like get me out of the house. But I think you just... should, because I think it'll be nice. I just think in a, in a mum mindset, you might find it different, but you'd have I to like take your trainer hat off. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to take so that someone off. asked me to do a burpee and I'm like, nah, absolutely not, please go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I also think it's like when you, it's a way to socialise probably... One thing I get, don't get me wrong, like I do get a lot of rubbish in my DMs, but there's quite a lot of like positive things. Is I started going yeah, to like mum brunches. Yeah. And um, like I went on that peanut app and made some friends on there and then we all went to this brunch. And I was like, this is such a good way of making friends and like socializing. And I've made like a good thing that's come from social media throughout this whole pregnancy is I made a, I used to have one um, of like just, a mum's group chat of like people that were pregnant or had just become mums and I was like I'm gonna shove you all in a group chat it doesn't cost anything you can all just make some friends and that first group chat was some of the first few people I told when I was pregnant because I was like this is so exciting but I'm panicking so please help me and then when I announced I made another one so now I've got like a group chat of like 35 women none of them live anywhere near each other there's one in Japan there's one in Australia like some of them were in I think one of them is in (coughs) or somewhere like that but everyone has formed this massive community of just like support you wake up in the morning now sometimes it's like 300 messages from people that have been feeding throughout the night and have been talking to each other and I think there's so much opportunity on social media to be positive make friends like have have a community rather than just always just crapping on each other basically yeah just being negative like there's I for all the bad messages I have had a lot of good a lot of positive messages I think one thing I found annoying was when it came to my packing my hospital bag there was a lot of people that were like you don't need this you don't need this and I'm like go away like I might want it but there's so many shops around this hospital if I need something I someone can just go out and get me something like it's not but again that's more of a like I know people that have the best intentions and they're trying to help so it's the thing isn't it it's not all bad I know some people do have good intentions but I think sometimes it's like cable would you have liked that advice when you were pregnant? If the answer's no, then just don't send it. And don't send it. Yeah, don't don't send it. Just think about, would you say that in person as well? Because that's the other thing when you're behind yeah. a keyboard. We didn't even get to unpack a hospital bag. It was all a very big waste of time. I think a point of view, <laughs> LucasAid came out and then the first outfit, but we weren't even there long enough. So that was that was, that was was a waste of half an hour packing it. Um, so don't waste too much time on it. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to just touch on, um, Felicity, was what you mentioned about the virtual support because I think COVID really helped us embrace kind of virtual communication but actually as a new mum virtual support sometimes is so much more helpful because you haven't always got time especially when it's night feeds to go and see somebody face to face and totally face to face contact communication is brilliant but that virtual support is also worth its weight in gold when it's three in the morning and you feel really alone because the house is quiet it's dark outside actually to know there are thousands and thousands of other mums going through the same at that moment right there when you feel that loneliness is invaluable so finding that virtual tribe I think like you have in your pregnancy is incredible and will be such an awesome sense of support once your little one's here. So I think that's something we need to cheerlead social media for a little bit more. 
Yeah, and even like actually kind of like going out of your way to make new friends, like mum friends rather than just, I know that now I have 20 people if I need to, I can message in the middle of the night if I'm feeling a bit lonely or if I'm a bit stuck or maybe your baby's making a weird noise or this, this, and this, that I can now feel like I can write it without any judgment to all these yeah. women. And there was a girl that wrote in there yesterday and was like, I'm so glad that I have this group because I feel so much less lonely. She's got twins um. at night. Because I, I know that I'm going to be awake for two hours feeding, but I can talk to everyone here. Yeah. And I think if I'd have kind of stuck to my original friend bubble and not had like mum friends or made an effort to go and meet these people for coffees, I would have just kind of been a bit like, probably a bit more apprehensive of what was to come that I'd be sitting awake at night. It's winter, it's cold, it's dark on my own being like, oh my God, I have this, I have this human to look after. And I think the thing I'm most nervous about is the first night at home, which sounds ridiculous, but I just feel like I'm going to be constantly laying there with like one eye open, like, oh my God. Yeah. But now because I've watched loads of these, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you I've, know that's normal. <laughs> like, help me. Um, I've watched loads of these women have that experience already because we, I basically said you can join as long as you're currently pregnant or if you've given birth in the first three months. So now we have women that have babies that have turned like six months old. And now we've got ones that are due up until January. I think the last one is. So we've got such a good stretch of even people that are having like sleep regressions and things like mm. that to be able to chat all the way through. I know that all of them have also experienced that first night. So if I ever have a panic, I can be like, guys, yeah, what's going on? Even some of them that have like gone into labor or they've been like, I, this has just happened to me. Is this normal? Did this happen to anyone else? Yeah. And I mean, you get a few that are like, you should just call the, call your midwife, blah, blah. You should ask. But a few people have been like, yep, I've experienced that as well. Mm. Don't panic. Like that's normal. And that so, mum yeah, tribe is invaluable. Like mum friends, when, when you become mum, especially if you're the first in your friendship group, uh, we were a little bit late to the game. So most of our friends have got children that are that little bit older. So have, but having mum friends that are where you are now, I think is so, so important. Yeah. And even like my friends, don't get me wrong, like I'm still close with my friends, but they can't relate to that. I'm the first one to have the baby, really. Yeah. Unless it's my new friends, but they can't really relate to anything I've been through. So you don't ever want to then your friendship to just be about you talking about babies because they're not interested. Yeah. Now they have like their I own. <laughs> exactly. I can, and then I'll be the one they ask the questions to. Yeah, that's exactly but I feel it. like now I can talk about babies with the mum friends and then normal life with the other friends, which actually works out nice. giving you a bit of a more like a, a mum life, work life balance sort of thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, it's keeping that bit of felicity that isn't just mum, which is important and yeah, having that without judgment, which is invaluable. Now, I want to, I'm keeping you for ages and I've dragged you out of bed this morning, which is awful for a heavily pregnant woman. But can I get you to share me three top tips for managing <laughs> that kind of judgment and the myths that come with pregnancy? Because you manage it so well. Okay. Number one, I think is always either about it can you just say that like again take, I'm so... like I think there's a lot of things that people do you can just never take personally can you just say um, that one again oh. sorry the internet just went a little bit funny I don't want people to miss it um yeah so I said I think you just need to remember that I actually forgotten how I worded that people oh, I bet it was amazing always gonna well. judge you but it's <laughs> it's up to you how you <laughs> I'll have yeah. to retry. I might reword it. And like people are always <laughs> going to judge you, but you have to think, you have to think that sometimes it's coming from a good place. So try not to take everything that they're saying in a negative way. Like you can laugh about things that people say to you. Like honestly, sometimes I get DMs and I read them and I'm like, okay, that's really funny. That's getting screenshot and going into a group chat because people sometimes don't really realize what they're saying if they haven't had children themselves as well. I think quite a lot of the stuff that I get is people that don't have kids that have heard something and they're passing it on in case it's helpful. So I think all of it is just take everything that people say to you with a pinch of salt. Even when people are saying things to me face to face, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like you do you rather than, yeah. I think it, it, you just got to put a bit of a barrier up. And I think without being rude to people, you can kind of say like, okay, well that's your choice, but that's not mine. So yeah, that's number one. Number two is 
keep exercising and just showing up for yourself and your baby like while you're pregnant you're showing up for both of you but afterwards you're showing up for yourself but also to make yourself a better parent for like what we just talked about for just having time to yourself but it's showing up not to prove to anyone else that you've gone to the gym or you've exercised or you've done this this and this it's more so you can sit there in the evening and be like okay I had a good day today and I did everything I felt like I wanted to do um and the last one is yeah okay you're you're only ever going to know what's best for you and your situation Mm -hmm. so don't sit there and watch someone else's and be like well they did that but that might not work for you and that's absolutely fine like if you want to breastfeed if you want to bottle feed if you want a water birth if you want a an elective c-section like everything is your choice so don't let other people's opinions impact you because if you in the back of your head have this blue sky thing of I would like a water birth I want music I want this this and this you also have to go in with an open mind but just because someone else has told you their experience and what they had that doesn't mean that's going to work for you so go with your gut and you'll always know exactly how you feel oh I love that trust yourself because we are pretty awesome as women um, Felicity, thank you so much for hopping out of bed and coming to chat to me this morning. Thank you for having me. I really want to talk to you again when your baby's here. So we need to schedule that in. Um, so, but thank you and wishing you all the best. Very exciting for what's <laughs> lying ahead for you. It's the best day ever. Thanks. I can't wait. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this chat and want to hear more on this topic, head over to midwifepip.com where you'll find my accompanying blog post with highlights, my thoughts, extra information and additional resources. And remember, leaving a review on my podcast if you've enjoyed listening really does make a huge difference to helping me reach more women with honest, reliable information. So please take a moment to do this because when women support women, amazing things happen. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.